0: It is good to be here with you, and we are excited to be here. It's it still feels new, and yet it feels like we've been here a long time. And how fun it is to begin to get to know each other better and to continue to discover the ways that God is weaving our stories together. As uh, some of you know, all the way back in June, when we were here for the candidating weekend, we talked about how. Our walk with God is really a journey of faith. And uh, we looked at Hebrews chapter 12 and we talked about how we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. All of those people who have gone before us, all of the people who have served God, who have given their lives to, to follow God and to trust in Him have impacted and shaped us. And because of them and because of their faithfulness, we are here today. And we have a great church that is uh, a place where we can come and be a part of family and we can serve God's kingdom. And, and the question really is then is how is that story part of our story today, and what is God wanting to do with us moving forward? We talked about how every life has a journey, and every journey has a story, and every story has an author. And the really, the big question is, who's writing your story? Who's writing my story? And what is it that God wants to write in this new chapter of our lives together? And so we're going to kind of pick up on that theme again now. And moving forward over the next few weeks, we are going to do a series called A Journey of Faith. And we're going to go back into the scriptures and we're going to look at some of the patterns of life that God leads his people through that, that really helps us to understand what this journey of faith consists of. What does it look like and how does it help us understand how God might be calling us forward as a faith community, as men, as women, as kids, into this next chapter of life that he has for each one of us. You know, in, in some ways it feels like we're moving a little bit slowly. You know, uh, we've been anticipating new things coming, and we want to kind of you know, hit the ground running and do a lot of new things, But but we want to take our time as well to say, are we also able to understand what God's plan is? And we don't want to run too far ahead of God, so we want to take our time and, and be listening to God. At the same time, there's all kinds of things that, that need to be done and that we can do, and so we're, we're talking about that, and we're making plans for, for how we can begin to uh, move forward with this new season. And so we're, we're going to live in this tension a little bit in, in this first season of, uh, of life together as we both take time to patiently listen for the voice of God, But also say, what can we do now, and what's important, and how do we take action on getting things started and laying the foundation for what's to come? So while we're going through this series, the other thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing uh, what I'm calling for now a a listening campaign. We're going to take the time over the next few months uh, to have conversations together about what do you think is important for our church, what do you think are the key things that God is, is putting on your heart and, and, and that you feel would be helpful for us to focus on as we move forward into this next season of life? And we're going to give everybody an opportunity to share what, what they believe is important and where God is speaking in their lives. And, and we're going to collect all of that information and we're going to pool it together to say this is our perspective as a faith community on who we are, where we've been, where we feel God calling us forward, so that when we move, we move collectively knowing that we have done our job to listen to the voice of God in our lives, and then we're establishing our next season on the mission and call of God in our lives. At the same time, we're going to be, uh, Working on our organizational structures, uh, communications, getting things rolling. Uh, I love the way our denomination has put it in the last few years. We're, we're going to organize ourselves for mission. Uh, We we understand that the structures of community that we live in and that we work in and that help us to live and work together are equally important to the vision and the mission and the big ideas. And so we're going to be working from both sides. We're going to establish the goals and the objectives and where we feel God is calling us to go and what our mission field is. But we're also going to be looking at the the details of how do we we build structures that allow us to sustain and maintain life and ministry and not allow people to fall through the cracks as we move forward together. And so there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of conversations to be had. And I can tell you, I'm just so excited to begin to do all of that together. I, I look at my schedule and I look at my calendar and I go, there's so much I want to do, how am I going to fit it all in? But, but the joy is that God allows this, us to do that with Him, and He will guide us each moment along the way. The most important thing that we have to understand is that it, it, it's important that we start by having a healthy perspective on who we are and who God is in our lives. And so part of this series of A Journey of Faith is going to be geared toward helping us gain perspective together. What is the perspective that God wants us to have on our life and what our role is here at Faith Covenant Church? How he wants us to be woven into the story that he's writing and he's creating here. I'd like to suggest that if you look back at Scripture and and, and go through the, the story of the people of God, the journey of faith with God always begins with a decision. It always begins with a choice. That every time that God comes to human beings, God comes to you, God comes to me, he comes with an invitation, he comes with a request, or he comes with a a command, and he gives us the choice of whether or not we will believe that what he's calling us to is, is good, is right, is what is best for us, or to believe that maybe we know better, or that we can control our lives, or that our pattern of living is what we really want or need. And so the beginning of the journey of faith really is a question of trust, and it's a choice to believe God or to believe in our own wisdom, in our own strength, in our own power. And you can look back through the story of Scripture, and you can see this pattern repeating over and over again. And today, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, and we're going to look at the story of Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, and if you want to turn in your pew Bibles, it's on page 17, in the very, very beginning. Otherwise, we'll have the words on the screen for you as well. Abram was identified centuries later by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament as the person that we are to look back to if we want to understand this journey of faith as, as the person who is really the archetypal character of, of what it means to walk on the journey of faith with God. Paul was talking to the Hebrews and the Israelites who had been, you know, believers for, for centuries, and they had all of the scriptures, and they had all of the laws, and they, they were uh, trying to understand what does it mean that this person Jesus has now come and turned everything up on its head? What does it mean that this person Jesus has claimed that the kingdom of God has come? What does it mean that he, he said we can have a, a personal relationship with God through him? What does it mean that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? How do we understand that in, in the midst of our Hebrew perspective, of our, our Jewish context? And so leaders like Paul came in and said, hey, if you really want to understand, you have to go back to the beginning and allow God to put the pieces back in place so that we understand how it fits for us today. And so we go back to the beginning, where in the midst of a very chaotic and tumultuous culture and world, uh, God calls to this man, Abram, and and he invites him into a relationship with him. Let's read the passage, and we'll talk a little bit more about Abram's context. In chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So you may have heard the term, the the promised land. I mean, we, we, we have that word still in our culture, the promised land, and uh, we also have things like Graceland and other kinds of Disneyland, uh, uh, destinations that, are, that somehow have this, this sense that there's, there's something special there, there's, there's a, a place to get to, and if we can just get there, things are going to be better, things are going to be beautiful, things are going to be fun, and, 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 and somehow God is, is inviting this guy Abram to to step out of the the context in which he's living and to go on this journey with him to a land that I will show you. Now, we're familiar with this story if we've grown up in the church, but but for many of us who who haven't grown up in the church or who aren't familiar with this story, this invitation is is a pretty dramatic call from God to this guy, Abram. You see, Abram lives in a culture that, that worships all kinds of gods. There's all kinds of different things that people are looking to for uh, comfort, for protection, for blessing... Uh, they, they, they pray to, to gods to, to bring fertility to their crops. They, they pray to gods to bring them relationships and to uh, govern their practices. In fact, they build these different buildings and structures to kind of honor these different gods. And they, they set up idols and they think if they come and they, they take care of these idols, which are representatives of the gods, that, that somehow the gods will be obligated to bless them. Because they're doing something that will, will return, the fa- the gods will return the favor, see? And so if you go back and you read the, the larger story of Genesis there, you see back in, in chapter 11, it talks about the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel, it says, that, you know, human beings got together and they started building this huge tower. And, and it, was a, it was building it to the heavens. And because of that, God was concerned for humanity. And so he, he scattered them and he gave them all different languages. And researchers are finding that if you go to some of those archaeological sites that they're finding now throughout the the Middle East, almost every town of major urban center had what they call a ziggurat which was this structure where it was was kind of like a pyramid, but it it was like a, a layered building where they built a foundation and they put another structure on that and another structure on that. But the key feature of a ziggurat is that there was this large staircase that went up the front all the way to the top chamber. And at the top chamber of the building was the house for the god. And they would put a bed in there and they would put food in there. And it was the place where the God would come from the divine realm, enter into the human realm, and then these stairs would provide a way for for God to walk down into our world. And so they were trying to build a stairway to heaven. But you see, as, as human beings began to think that somehow in their power, somehow in their control, if they, if they could use their ingenuity and their technology enough, they could, they could make it all the way to heaven. They could create a gate for the gods so that they could walk between this world and the divine. And, and God said, you know what? If, if that is humanity's view of who I am or of what God is, we got some issues. We're going to have to do something about that. And so God, in the midst of this culture where people were looking and searching for ways to find safety and comfort and blessing from from the divine world, he calls to one man named Abram. And he says, I want you to leave all of that stuff I want you to leave the the gods of your family. I want you to leave all those idols and those statues that that are your patron gods for for your family. And I want you to leave them and go to a land that I will show you. And I will be your God, and I will make of you a great nation. I will multiply your family, I will multiply uh, you into a great nation, and I will bless you with all the things that those gods said that they would provide, right? Food and 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 crops, and safety, and and prosperity, and all of those things. I, I will take care of you, and all of the nations of the world will be blessed through your family. And Abram had a decision to make. Do I believe God, or do I trust in what I know, in what's familiar, in what I was raised with, and, and the, the, the comfort and the safety of, of having things that are in my control. And he had to make that decision. And it says that Abram believed God. And he and his wife Sarai and his nephew and all the things that he possessed left and went on this journey with God. Now, the thing that is really significant about this is Sarai, it says, was not able to have kids. And so not only was it just a willingness to leave behind what he knew, but it was also a willingness to trust and believe God for the impossible. That what seemed it was impossible, what seemed like wasn't even an option for him, was something that God could open the door to. And so I think the question for us as a church and as a faith community is, how much of our own lives are built around structures and communities of safety and comfort that that we can manage and that we can control because I think that this call of God isn't a one-time call it's not something that we we make a decision to follow God and then from then on we're good it's really a call that God comes to us over and over again and says I have something to show you I have something for you are you willing to step out again in faith and go on this journey with me to discover the land that I have for you. And as Faith Covenant Church, after 138 years of life and ministry, is it possible that God is opening a door for us again to be called out on a journey to a land that God wants to show us that we can't even imagine or know yet? That God has blessings for you and for me and for this church That that we don't even understand yet. But if if we're willing to to believe God, to trust in Him, and to take that step of faith, He has an exciting ride that He wants to take us on. And if we do that, the pattern is that not only will we be blessed, not only will we discover joy and and, and prosperity in terms of uh, friends and family and and experiences of life that, that give life meaning and value, but He says, He's going to bless a whole bunch of other people through us and because of us. And all of the people around us, all of the nations of the world will experience the blessing of God because they'll see what God has done in our lives. And because of our willingness to trust God and to hold our lives loosely, He will be, make us a blessing to others as well. In my own life, I was raised in the church. I was a, a pastor's kid. I, you know, was running around church and crawling under pews, and this was, you know, my playground, and I, all my friends were at, at church, and and, and I, was, I was comfortable in the Christian world. I was comfortable in church. And yet, as I grew and as I began to become a young adult, I, I began to, to struggle with the the what that meant for me, and of course, as many pastors' kids do, i I wanted to get out and just figure out who I was and what I was wanting to be in life and of course i didn 't make some of the wisest choices uh, when we were up visiting in June, we had a chance to, to share with the uh, the youth group, and I had a chance to share a little bit of my testimony with them and uh, it was It was really fun to be with the high school kids because high school was one of those critical times for me and into college where I really got off track, and yeah, I I believed that God was real. I had accepted Jesus in my heart when I was a kid and, 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 and considered myself a Christian, and yet for years there, I was not really walking with God. I wasn't following God. I was, you know, doing the party scene, I was drinking, I was smoking pot, I was doing all the things that our culture does. And all the while, I was, I was looking for something that was going to make me happy. I was looking for something that was going to make me feel good. I was looking for something that was going to make life worth living. But all the while, I was carrying this, this guilt and this shame that somehow I was, I was turning my back on God. I was walking away from the call of God in my life. And I didn't really fully understand what that meant, but I, I could feel it in my bones. Something just wasn't right. It wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And then one Christmas season, I was home from college, and uh, I had sit- was sitting in my room late at night, and I was listening to music, and of course for me, you know, heavy metal, and rock and roll is the way to go if you really want to listen to music. <laughs> and as I've shared this before with some of you who've had the chance to hear, Striper was uh, the big thing at the time. Christian heavy metal. I don't know if that's an oxymoron, but it works, right? <laughs> Striper had just come out with a new album, To Hell With The Devil. And the other thing that was really big in, in rock and roll at the time was these, these power ballads, is what they call them. They are like love songs, but with, you know, raging guitars and just big sound. And I'm sitting there in my room, listening to Striper, with all of this going on inside me and the weight of the world hanging on me. And, and I can't explain it, but I was listening to this song called Honestly, which is a love song. And, and somewhere in the song, as the lyrics are going, I realized that it wasn't Striper singing the song. The Holy Spirit was prompting me to pay attention to the words of the song, that, that these were God's words to me. And in the midst of my guilt and my shame and my knowing that I was running away from God and I wasn't following God, God comes in, and the voice of the Spirit, through, through this, this band who had, who had said that they would follow God, and so they were trying to do what they knew how to do for God's kingdom, came in and broke in, and the words came, honestly, I believe in you, do you trust in me? patiently. I will stand by you. I will stand beside you faithfully. And through the years, I will be a friend for always and forever. And I love you, can't you see that I can say I love you honestly? And by the end of the song, I was in a puddle of tears on the floor of my bedroom. And the Spirit of God came in. And and the presence of Christ came into my room that night. I met Jesus face to face through the power of the Spirit. And He broke my heart. And I realized all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the things that I had been running to and looking to were nothing in God's eyes. He didn't care where I'd been. He didn't care what I'd done. None of that mattered to him. All he cared about was me and what I was missing because I wasn't on the journey of faith with him. And in that moment, in that night, he called me again to say, step out of where you've been. Leave your family. Leave your place of comfort. Leave the things that you have been trying to find meaning and value in. And trust me, to build a whole new framework for your life. And from that moment on, my life has never been the same again. Now, it's not been easy. It's not been a bed of roses. It's not been a stroll through the park. In fact, in many ways, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. There have been bigger challenges in my life than I ever would have expected or imagined. But you know what? It's been worth every step of the way because with God, there's meaning, there's purpose, there's value, and God has used even the most tragic things in my life to bless me and to love me through it, and because of that, to make me into a blessing to people. One of the most amazing, radical truths that I've ever learned in my life is the very things that are the most difficult, painful, awful things that I've experienced in my life God transforms and makes them the very things that he gives me to give away as gifts to other people. Holy moly. If only the world out there knew that their deepest, darkest secrets, their most painful tragedies, could be transformed into something that could be a treasure, that they could give away to others, and that they could be a blessing, oh my goodness, the world would be transformed. And that's what we see over and over again in the story of God's people. That when people step out to trust in God with their lives, to trust in him, to lead them to the land that he will show them, not only do they experience incredible blessing for their lives, but they become a blessing to others. And and we we have joy that we can't even express because when you are used by God to be a blessing to others, oh my goodness, it's like, I'm fulfilling the reason for why I was created. I found my ultimate value, my ultimate person. It's not about me. It's about God using me in ways that I never thought of before. And how incredible an experience is that? That's why when Jesus came and he died on the cross... And he rose again from the dead, and he went to meet with his disciples. In Matthew 28, we read it earlier. We're going to put it on the screen again. In Matthew 28, it says, if we can get it up there. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, we, we talk about this verse as the Great Commission. And, and I think that what's important for us to understand as a church, before we set out on any new journey, we have to understand that the journey of faith starts with the call of God. It starts with the voice of God in our life calling us forward. It doesn't start with our big ideas and our grand schemes and and the things that we want to do to to make ourselves look good or to, to grow the biggest church on the block or to be the most special thing in the neighborhood. That's not what church is about. Church is the community of people, hopefully, who have heard the voice of God in their lives and have said, yes to God, we will go on a journey with you to the land that you will show us. The reality is, though, that that community of God's people is made up of individual men and women and boys and girls like you and me. And it requires each one of us to individually say, yes to God, I'm willing to go on that journey. And I know that there's a lot of you here today who have been sitting in pews for many years of your life. And maybe you're like me and that pastor's kid where you've been walking with God for a long time, but you haven't really been following Him. And God might be using this season in the life of Faith Covenant Church to to break through the fog of your religiosity, to break through the fog of your Christianity, to say, you are are special to me, and I can say honestly that I love you, if you will just let go of the facade of, of comfort, the facade of control, the mask that you're hiding behind, and step out in faith to trust you, your life to me again, I will bless you, and I will multiply your impact in the world, and you will be a blessing to others, and you will discover joy like you've never known, and the greatest meaning and purpose and value of your life. Abraham was 75 years old when he responded to the call of God. There's no age restriction on God's call on your life or my life. What is God asking you to let go of this morning? Some of you this morning might be new to the faith or not even Christians yet. Maybe you've been going to church for a while because you've got a spouse that drags you to church, or you feel like it's the cultural thing to do, but you, you really have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never given over your life to Him to say, yes, God, I recognize that without you, my life is meaningless and I can't do it anymore. And maybe this moment, maybe this day is the day that God is inviting you to step out of your own comfort zone and to finally put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What is it that he's calling you to leave behind? What is it he's calling me to leave behind? We have to understand, men and women, we, we live in a, a dark in a hurting world. And in this room right now, statistically speaking, that world is here. And we're we're stuck in it, and we live in it. Men, can we be honest? Maybe God's calling us to, to leave behind the pornography once and for all. Maybe God's calling us to, to recognize that looking at other women in such a way is, is dishonoring to our wives and dishonoring to our children and dishonoring to God, even though it might make us feel comfortable or safe or, or give us that, that sense of value where we're not getting it anywhere else in the world. Maybe God's saying, if you let go of it, there's other ways that I can meet that need. Maybe there's other ways I can bless your marriage that, that you never would have imagined, but you've got to let go of those gods so that I can be your God and you can discover your real meaning and value. (laughs) Amen, James. You know, Maybe it's our, our need for financial security and, and, and trusting in our bank account and having the, the right house and having it appointed just so and, and not having you know, any dirt on the carpet and, and having the right vehicle in the driveway so that, that we're, we're keeping up with the Joneses and the, the neighbors look at us and see us as being successful all the while we're, we're withering inside. And we're isolated and alone, and we're going through the motions to keep up the facade. But, but it's meaningless, and it's empty. There's no there there. That's why I believe the, the preacher, right, Ecclesiastes, he tried it all. He had the houses, the wives, the gardens, the cars, the mansions, the yachts. And at the end, he said, there's, there's no meaning there. There's no value there. You get to the end of the road, and it's empty. It's all meaningless, What is it that God is inviting you to leave behind so you can discover the better thing that he has for you? Men and women, if we're not willing to let go of our own need for comfort and control, our own security, and step out with God, we're done before we get started. But this is our moment. This is our time. We can together Create a place of safety and trust and courage where we can support one another to have the strength and the courage to step out and to go on this journey together. That's the beauty of being church, is that as we each individually make that decision, we have friends and family for the journey. So, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And if you're that person who's been walking for years, who's been doing the Christian thing, but you just know in your heart that you haven't really been following God, you, you haven't really been walking the faith walk with God, and you want this moment to be that moment when, when you respond and say yes to God again and step out in a new way, we're going to pray together. And then, after we pray, we're going to keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. If you're that person and you've, you've never made that decision to accept Jesus as the master, as the, the, the Lord of your life, the one who is the one who not only can save you, but who can transform the very brokenness of your heart to be the very most valuable thing you have to give away to others, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that today. To say, Yes, God, it's your Son, Jesus is the way the truth, and the life, and I want to receive that. And then together as a, as a faith community, we're going to pray for God's blessing, not only on those people, but on each one of us as we willingly ask ourselves, what is it that God is again calling me to let go of, to make the way for this new journey of faith that we are on together? Would you pray with me? God, we, we, we know that you are Beyond our comprehension, and we don 't always understand who you are or where you are or how you work in our lives but but this morning lord we we have a sense that you you are calling to us again, and God uh, e- each one of us who who have been doing this religious thing, this Christian thing, this church thing, but haven 't really really invested haven 't really owned it haven 't really stepped out to put. Uh, our lives in your hands, God, God, I want to pray with each one, one of those today. God, we ask that you would give us the wisdom and the courage and the strength to open ourselves to you again anew today, to put aside those things that we have been going to for, for comfort, for security, for an emotional high or a kick, for something that allows us to feel even for a moment like life is worth living and to, to, to discover afresh the power and presence of your spirit in our lives giving us the strength to to say no to those things and to say yes to you god we dedicate ourselves this morning to your service to your spirit make us a blessing to others so that we discover our meaning and our value in your kingdom and in your purposes for our lives and if you're here this morning and you have not accepted jesus in your life i just want you to pray with me right now just you can just pray after me in the silence of your own spirit holy god thank you for sending your son jesus into the world to to die for my sins To wash away all those things that we know don't matter to you. And to set me in a new path, in a new way, to trust in you. I receive and accept Jesus as as my Savior, as my Lord, as my Master. I want to be a disciple of His so that I can learn what it means to discover the meaning and purpose of my life. And God, we pray together collectively as as a faith community that you would bless us in this season, that you would speak loudly through your spirit, through your word, through our conversations with one another. What is it that you want us to do? Who is it that you want us to be? What's your mission? What's your vision for our lives? And then help us to be able to work together to build the, the structures of community that will support and maintain the mission that you have given us to do. Before I say amen, I'm just going to ask you to keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. and Just between you and me for now, if, if, you, if you are a person who has prayed this morning to, to rededicate your life to God and that you're ready to step out on this journey of faith in a fresh new way, would you just quickly put a hand up so I know you've prayed that prayer today? Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. If you're a person who, for the very first time, have made the decision to receive Jesus as your Savior, and and this whole faith journey is going to be this brand new journey for you, would you just, again, quickly put a hand up so we can see if that's you in this room this morning? Okay, thank you. God, we do thank you. And we do trust you. And we ask that you would reveal yourself to us so that we not only will be blessed by you, but we too will be a blessing to those whom you call us to serve. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.